Welcome, everybody, to the pilot episode of the Babbled Podcast. It is officially alive. My name is Jonathan Miller. Um, I'm a primary years program coordinator and curriculum coach currently working in China, not currently living in China because, you know, of all of this. And uh, joining me is my co-host. Hey, thanks, John. My name's Scott, uh, Scott Lindner. I'm uh, a diploma coordinator and curriculum coach, similarly based in China, though not currently. I'm coming from not-so-sunny Australia to you this week. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. We hope that you find this conversation meaningful and relevant. Let's just dive into today's topic, shall we, Scott? I think it's great. Let's get into it right now. All right. So the first thing that we're going to be tackling is we've been going through this whole COVID-19 and education weave together for the last eight months, even starting the school year in a hybrid model. I think the biggest thing that we should touch upon first is through all this, what have we learned? What have we learned about this situation? What have we learned about school? What have we learned about ourselves? Um, I'm going to let you take the first crack at this. Yeah, right. So I can go swinging first with this. But I, I think uh, it's a really important question to stop and just pause on, right? What have we actually learned? I think when you pose that to me, I'm thinking about, well, what have I done? And then what have I retained? And, and what are the things that have stayed with me? And I keep coming back to this thought. Learning is in, happens in a system. Something happens to me when I, when I try and understand something, when I learn about it. And um, I wonder if we can pick up on this idea that less is more in this environment that we and I think sometimes less isn't more, less isn't enough sometimes when we have this thirst for knowledge and thirst for trying to understand what's going on. But I think in this current environment, it's not any different to how we might have been thinking about curriculum and that curriculum space with kids and adults that we've all worked in school systems where it's just been so crowded, right? pushed to, to just smack home all this content. So I know that's not particularly innovative, but I know that in our current space, have you had experience of that, Jonathan, or do you disagree? Or No, I completely agree with you. Um, like one of the things that I was thinking of as I, you know, like asking this question and hearing you, hearing you share your thoughts is, you know, what is really important? Because I think a lot of times we, we go into a school year, I mean, and I'm guilty of this as much as the next person and thinking it's like we have to get through X, Y, and Z. And it's almost like all of it becomes important, but then if all of it's important, you could make the argument that none of it's important. So I, I definitely think that the whole less is more concept is is absolutely relevant. And it's something that um, every school community, I think, needs to start exploring for themselves um, and figure out what works best for their content um, and their community. Um, and then also like the just the, the importance of the physical, social connections and relationships. Like, you know, still being able to see through see each other through a screen and that's great, but actually physically being able to be around human beings and working through something together is just so critical, not just for students, but all members of the community. Peeps listening to us here might be working with, you know, adults or they might be working with really young learners or young kids in schools or for me, it's been about teenagers. And when I think about that importance of that connection, I think that so often with teenagers, <laughs> they'll just be silent. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. Mm -hmm. But, but silence doesn't mean everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think in this hybrid or online or, you know, the various different versions of the change that has happened to our schools, that importance of reaching out through a screen and insisting on daily contact 
to have a, a meaningful engagement just as humans is, is really, really important. You know, I, I don't know, in our, in our school, I was a, a, a mentor this year for, for a bunch of grade 12s, about eight. eight uh, we have a system where we're looking after about eight kids just to talk to them. It was hard work with three of them. I mean, I hope maybe there's some virtual noddings ahead out there with people, but working is really hard. You have to insist on yeah. that, those lines of communication. So can I, can I touch on that piece? Cause I actually jotted down a note about like the importance of clear and transparent communication. So I'm going to take people on a little story here and just to illustrate the importance of communication and making sure that understanding is in alignment. My dad is a retired medical practitioner and my mom is a nurse. So in, they're based in Wisconsin. So throughout this, you know, like my mom is going to work wearing hazmat suits and stuff like it's, you know, for a while it was pretty stressful, like for our family, knowing that she's going into that every day. You know, my dad is getting a bit older. He's in his 70s. So one day my mom leaves for work and says, don't leave the house unless it's an absolute emergency. Maybe you can kind of see where I might be going here, but the word that was never brought into alignment in, in the understanding of each other is emergency. So and I, I don't know if I don't know if he forgot to do this or like he just had an error that day. But, you know, he ventures out and he goes to the store. My mom comes home and she's looking for a bag to put stuff in. So she grabs the first shopping bag that is on the pile. And um, so she opens the bag and she sees a receipt at the bottom and she pulls out the receipt and she sees that it's marked for the day that is on the calendar like today. And she looks at what's on the receipt and it's a receipt for donuts and beer. It was an emergency. It, it was an emergency. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, I told you that, you know, only leave it's an emergency. And I believe the response was, well, you know, you never defined to me what you thought to be an emergency. It's just to make things so clear that they are reliable in times of stress. Maybe, maybe listening to this now, and I'm, I'm talking to you now, and I'm, my head's in, how do I get a visa and all that sort of stuff, right? To go back to normal. What is normal? But when I think about maintaining lines of communication, the clarity of just some, you know, really uh, important expectations is something that I think we've relied on. And I think we've learned about that for sure. Another point that really kind of hit home when I was thinking about this whole what have we learned question as well is, well, a couple things like never waste a crisis. Like, yes, this is hard. Yeah. And, you know, this has been really difficult to navigate. You know, like VUCA is real, but there's a lot of opportunity that comes in a crisis. So how, when you kind of stabilize your community, how can you then mobilize and empower them into like continuing to push the mission, vision, core values, and what we believe education to be? Like, how do we make sure that that continues to be in alignment, but continue, continue to move forward and be able to find those resources that you might need to continue that journey? Well, I mean, I think everyone's grappling with that, right? Like that, that we, we still, belong hopefully to something that's bigger than ourselves and and, and and that those those that distilling this right down to in this space this is the thing that really matters so i feel there's a huge connection to that in a community do i really belong in what ways do i belong to this is it is it part of how i act and part of how i intentionally go about my business my professional life but even beyond that right like mm. international schools in particular are these sort of homes for people it's more than just a workplace and more than just a, a place to sort of routinely go about our things I, I find that it's still connected to that idea around understanding like distilling this to the stuff that really matters and i think about it as a as an educator and i'm, I'm thinking well what is the difference when we talk about life and 
existing and succeeding in such a, a crazy time as this is it's the stuff that really matters. So we mm-hmm. touched on it before, and it was a lovely story about your dad. Like the relationships matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at its heart, even as I was listening to you talk about your mum and dad, I mean that they care for each other enough to go through and double check and have that conversation is, right. is important. And I think I think in our schools, right, like that we actually care, that we're kind. Mm-hmm. You know, just in that in that space of going, hey, you know, you matter, and it matters that I care enough about your learning as a kid, not just to get it done, but that we're even having a conversation about the quality. Mm-hmm. So I think there's those, you know, I know uh, we've both done some work with Global Online Academy and Eric Hudson there. And one of the key things was setting those parameters at the start. Like, are we building trust? Because for sure, all of us are feeling this push of getting through courses. And at this time of the year, we're setting up the school. Have we paused and really intentionally gone, hang on, I'm going to allocate time here to create an environment that is going to really foster and engender trust so that I can rely on that when the proverbial hits the fan later, right? Because schools are going to be like that. But if we've, we've spent and invested that time, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's a good segue into our next question. So like when we think of, when we think of the concept of school, do you think the concept of school has changed? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as I as I listened to this uh, uh, and that question, and I was processing, I, is it okay to have a foot in both camps on this? Probably not. Oh yeah, I no think, straddle, think, straddle, Scott. <laughs> I feel, in some ways, I don't think the concept, the enduring identity of the school as a community, has changed. Like I, I honestly think it's just been elevated. Certainly. You know, not to get too Simon Sinek on the, the why, how, and what, but right. But I, I don't think why with school has changed, but probably the how and what has, or has just continued to evolve. Yeah, I don't know. What's your thinking on that? Yeah, you know, like, I, I was going back through some, like, recent Twitter posts and kind of reflecting, like, when we started this whole thing and had to jump into it, because, like, you know, we were one of the first schools in the world to go, having to go completely online, because we were, you know, pretty close to ground zero there, really, geographically. Um, and like, I have to say, I was like, so on the schools need to change band in the parade. Right. But I think I probably painted it with too broad of a brush. Um, and then I can't remember, I can't remember who, who I saw a tweet from somebody, um, from a educational leader, I believe out of the States. And he said, um, you know, something along the lines of praise to those that are really jumping in the pool of schools need to change. And he's like, but from my perspective, we'll get there in a little bit. But right now, what's important is caring about kids and families. And that was just kind yeah. of a, huh, maybe I need to reevaluate what I mean when I say like schools need to change and, you know, get off my lawn. And so, I mean, but so I, I think it's important that, you know, the, that school communities come together and have a dialogue about you know, and put certain things under a microscope that they've found to not really be working as as well as they've wanted them to be working. You know, yeah. I mean, it's if, it, if 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 we go in it with into it with a beginner's mindset and as learners, I think you're right. The, the the concept of school of providing opportunities for kids to grow, become the best version of themselves, become socially minded, so they'll be so they'll be you know contributing positively contributing members to our world. Then I would say not really. But yeah, definitely, I think that there are pieces that do need to be put under a microscope and looked into a bit more deeply. Yeah, 
I think with with this too, it, I mean, it, it, it's a human need to be connected, right? Find your tribe and, mm-hmm. and be part of stuff. And I, I think fu- you know, fundamentally, school is that. You know, if someone was going to ask me pre-COVID, you know, what is school? It would be that sense of connection and, and a place where where people are laughing and having fun and stuff. But you know, that 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 satisfies those really important human needs. But I. I do think in, in every time I, uh, that I've, I've engaged in, in a conversation like this, the things that stay true and resonate have endured and exist, have been on my mind prior to anything to do with online learning or COVID-19. Go on. You know, the things that matter. <laughs> but the things that matter, right? Like so, so that stuff, the dialogue that we were having earlier around, you know, I was posing is less more or is it better to be actually going into a, a space of understanding so maybe schools haven't changed in that the, the struggle is real to distill lots of content you know the factory model get people ready for stuff into a space where you can just take the time to understand things and multiple chances to demonstrate your learning and know that you can do it in a safe environment and failures encouraged and all those sort of elevated ideals I think to be honest, the best of us are still striving for that. Yeah. And even the worst of us on our worst days are still striving for that, right? No one's in teaching or education. Well, that's a stupid statement. I was going to say no one's in it for the wrong reasons. There probably are some out there. Hopefully you're not listening to this. But uh, the <laughs> idea is, you know, like seriously, that, that people truly care about this and that those connections. So, again, I keep coming back. If we've built those, built those conditions of trust and vulnerability that we are comfortable being kind and saying you matter, unless we're actually intentionally taking that time. I think everything else is probably redundant. And uh, maybe that's a timely amount. I, I don't know. In, in my teams this week, I've, I've talked a little bit about that, right? Like, are we actually pausing, taking time? Does this matter? Yeah. Or do we just think it matters? Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Like, one of the things that you just touched upon um, that, I, if, if you don't mind, I want to go back to is this you know, like letting kids explore and like have a play and, you know, kind of figure it out, right? And come to that understanding by themselves, right? I mean, it's, you know, everybody's going to construct their own meaning. But how much does that need to play into the, you know, administrative teams, the teaching teams, right? Like, do we need to provide more of the opportunity of school to be a sandbox for the actual teachers and administrators as learners? other than just the kids, right? I mean, because if we're saying inquire, ask questions, you know, you're going to navigate it. Like, yes, you know, our goal is to do the best we can by every student that comes into our, through our doors and that is in our care. But as teachers, if we don't get an opportunity to explore and have a play, then is what we're putting out to the community, is that actually, are our actions actually aligned with our words? Yeah. Uh, Well, so says me. Yes. I think because uh, we're part of diverse communities, people come with all sorts of expectations and understandings about how they want to go about their, their lives. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing in, in, the, in, your convers- in the way that you're describing that, like really it's agency for everyone, not just kids. Absolutely. And maybe agency is a relatively new thing. But says the diploma coordinator at that end of the school talking to the PYP coordinator <laughs> about agency, it's kind of, kind of funny, right? But, but in its way. As adults, we want that. I think when we have high degree of agency over everything mm-hmm. as, a, as a person, that, that is the ideal. 
And maybe part of the adults struggling in this space is that some of that agency has been taken away by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we're, we're sitting in, like right now I'm sitting in a, in a part of the world that is in lockdown, right? So that part, I can't just go for a run if I want to wear it. But I also, um, I think when you touch upon that, that administrator or adult space, it, it reminds me like there's this fantastic, um, I mean, folks would be familiar with NPR and that sort of stuff. I'm pretty sure it was a, an interview with through NPR with Henry Rollins, right? Like the the punk poet of his generation. Mm-hmm. Or he was just talking about how hard he finds And I think just as an adult, when was the last time we enjoyed doing something new? You know, so we like the same food. We listen to the same music. We do the same. Like, and this is these are the examples he was quoting, right? Okay. So, you know, full disclosure, like, clearly I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm into jazz, right? But everything tends to be new there. And this conversation with him was about how he's recently discovered, Henry Rollins has discovered jazz as a way of trying to listen to something new. Maybe in a professional space, when was the last time we tried that new bit, play and iteration and just, it's okay. Yeah. That permission. I, w- I wonder if, I don't know, people might listen and say, ah, it's crap. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but I, I find that that, uh, that permission really fosters a sense of curiosity that may diminish just because I'm 40, right? Like, mm-hmm. so like, <laughs> like, and what am I truly curious about? Yeah. I don't know. Are we too highfalutin here? Are we, are we striving too much? Jonathan. Well, you know, shoot for the moon, land in the stars. Isn't that that? Isn't that that saying or whatever the people's like? Well, I always shoot for the moon. I mean, yeah, we're doing our best. This this is episode number one, right? So, I mean, the 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 question that I do have that I I know that our listeners will be that are really really interested in, and I think probably this first episode, our listeners are probably going to be like our parents and maybe our wives if we're able to, you know, say, well, hey, I'll, 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 I'll listen to this and I'll take you out for lunch. Um. <laughs> but with the con, with you know, with jazz, like, do you love? I know you love jazz, but like, are you excited by it or do you fear it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to not to play on the mighty boosh thing, but yeah, I think um, it's true, right? And life and change. Maybe that's actually what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So even in the first little part of this, we talked about how fo- trying to focus on that understanding of of and cling to things that are, are still stable yeah. when everything around you is changing. Yeah, are we into it? Into change? Do we embrace it? Maybe it's easy. Education is full of jargon, right? Yeah. Like if that was an interview question, we would both answer it like, oh, yeah, I love it. I can't really thrive on it. That's not mm-hmm. one of it. But, but at its base, we still need to have something fundamental. And to take the jazz analogy further, you can only really – improvise and be truly free of things once you've gone through a process of understanding it beforehand and that rejection of things like a conscious and intentional rejection i don't know i don't know if there's been too much conscious rejection of our structures because we just threw yeah, into this COVID absolutely stuff, right but, yeah put these quick things in place just in the instance that we might be gone for a couple of weeks yeah for sure and that sprint mentality yeah like you can do anything for a for a short period of time you can endure but now like you said is it six or seven months i don't know i i we i left china at the end of january and mm-hmm. we're, we're not back yet so it's not a sprint so i know on, on august 25th it'll be my seventh month out of china 
I don't know how much time and how the, how we're going here with that, but that's a you know at the start you talked about what we've learned. I wonder what your mentality would be. I'm, I'm thinking now. So yeah, end of end of uh, January. So now what are we coming towards the end of August? It's just it's just this like like every day is like a dog year, right? Mm-hmm. Like once you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> and so another thing I think that maybe we've learned or that's relevant is everything feels urgent. And we touched on that as well with curriculum. If it's all important, then nothing's important. Absolutely. But as we're working, how do you make sense of it when it just feels so urgent? You know. Yeah, and it's Teams, the notifications and emails and. And it's the you know it's the being consciously competent enough to see when you're getting into that sprint man- mentality, but not kind of not being baited into it and taking the time to step back and get that ten thousand foot view. And then saying, okay, like what actually is priority right now? So I think that that's yeah. a good way into our um, into our third big question of, of this episode is, so, you know, we've talked about what we've learned, um, what we believe in terms of the concept of school and how it might have changed. Um, but what is our, what do our communities need us to learn now? Where, yeah. Where's the wayfinding here? I mean, for me, it's yeah. about, for me, it really comes down to how do I continue to learn how to better empower and trust my colleagues like it's just such a different feeling not being around like in just even if you're working in any team that you're working with like you have to have such a high level of trust for your colleagues in this type of space and I think it's really opened up a great opportunity for people to find their voice to figure out for themselves how best to navigate like people are getting opportunities to lead so, you know, you see that whether, whether it's they're in a position of what we say, you know, quote unquote leadership or not, right? Like you can kind of see different people in, in school communities of who might be like kind of those influencers. And that's what leadership is, right? Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so, you know, I think, you know, learning how to continue to empower people in this environment as much as possible is something that I know that I'm trying to figure out and, and, and learn more of how to do better. Yeah. I, well... I mean, listening to your talk, it's compelling. I, I find in a similar way, if I could, it's to do with redefining time. Mm-hmm. That that if I could have a greater control over how that resource is applied, I think I would then be in a better space to be able to help and assist myself, right? In an emergency system, look after yourself. And the, you know, but, mm-hmm. but also really how then... I'm in a position of security. Can I can I serve and support others? And um, you know, I, I know that that might seem overly simple, but I, I every time someone says, "Oh, I'm so busy," it's like, well, that to me, we've all got the same amount of time. Like, mm-hmm. can we be more efficient and sort of masterful in how we distribute that really precious resource? I think not just for myself in that space, but I, I feel like that is a key competency like a key skill yeah. for our whole community to get better at mm-hmm. you know like just we're all everything feels urgent we're all experiencing that everyone's reality is really true for them and it tends to be in that i'm so tired i'm so pushed i'm so in that space we need to learn to control that and master that i think is a, is a really that's the bit that stays with me and then that's linked to agency again like how can i control that right myself like that voice and choice and that ownership what's the bit that i have control over we can all control something 
and then our space in in the you know leadership space or even just as you know everyone at a school is a leader in some space right yeah so where's the permission i give this to you mm-hmm. to control yeah and i i even think I feel like, like another thing is like you know you touched upon like the curriculum piece and we talked about okay like what really is important because if it's if it's all important then none of it's important but even if we determine like these are the things we really want our kids to be able to dig into. And this, these are the things we want to dig into as a community when it comes to, you know, the teaching and learning. But then are those things that we are deeming, let's, let's use the term essential, are those things looked at through a lens of equity? Because if you think of the different, the different things that are going on in the world right now, right, and we could list a lot of things, right, like teaching and learning for equity and social justice has really kind of come to the forefront so it's like as we're looking at as we're looking at what we're doing through those lenses like how do those things fit with what we think are essential because if we look at them and it's not then either either tweaks need to be made made or like maybe what we're doing like let's just blow it up and start from scratch and build something new like that might actually be the easiest thing to do i mean i i think so that's powerful right that just pausing in that space and thinking about equity as a as a is it is this accessible to everyone is it something that this learning is going to actually resonate and endure and be used and transferred a lot of the stuff that's written about and david perkins has got this book uh what's it called it's not bold moves it's like uh uh future wise it is future wise david perkins and it's it is about that space of cutting everything out if it's not an enduring understanding like our time and our resources and the human interaction of what school is, there's enough time for everything else. Focus only mm-hmm. on that, which is that understanding space. And it's true, right? When you think about a test, says the diploma coordinator, right? I was pretty wrapped at the exam went away this year, although yeah. that had its own thing. Hashtag IB scandal. But <laughs> I think the point is, <laughs> I think the, the thing with this is to go, why would you even bother testing something if you haven't had a chance to transfer it into a new setting? I mean, you know, you're thinking at this idea of I've got to use this for value in my life. I think if you put that ultimate sort of gesturing with my hands here, but I think if it, imagine if we could just reframe everything in an equity space. Yeah. And there is a reason in an equity space why calculus is important, but that sure as hell should be known and shared. Yeah not just, you know, arrived at because I happen to sit in an HL class, right? Mm-hmm. we got a ways to go, huh, this whole learning thing. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, I mean, luckily, like, learning never stops, right? And that's that's the cool thing is that, uh, you know, we, we, we get a chance. I mean, and I think that we're very lucky in our space is that we do have the opportunity to really dig in and kind of navigate and, you know, essentially fail forward a little bit, right? Like, I mean, I th- that's one of the reasons I've been staying where I've been for eight years is like, you know, show me a place that I could have more, I guess, autonomy or agency into kind of figuring out how to do what's best for my kids given my skill set and, and figuring out how to how to wayfind through my career as a teacher and working with, with people. And, yeah. you know, that that's something that is just so valuable and important. And, and I think... Uh... I don't know if this takes us full circle here, but the um, knowing what you stand for mm-hmm. and sharing that. I think you talked about um, 
you know, has the concept of school changed? When you go to school, it's not like buying a white good. You're not buying a fridge. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't come with a guarantee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like we've probably all worked in schools all over the place that are, that are like that. Well, I'm paying so much for this. What, what am I getting for it? Mm -hmm. It's like a key part. And I, I, again, I don't think that this is just about COVID or anything like we're talking about here, but parents as learners is a massive thing, mm -hmm. right? That, yeah. that, that, that a parent who chooses to, to you know, either choose to send their kid to a school <clears throat> or has to send their kid to their school that they understand really clearly the values associated with that. When we start springing on people about agency and that it's okay that the diploma exams got cancelled and stuff, that just sends panic through people. Yeah. Right? So it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible behaviour. Behaviour. It's beha irresponsible, irresponsible behaviour, mate. <laughs> But it is, right? To throw it out there and go, oh, it's going to be okay. If we believe it's important to teach the stuff that matters to the kids, it's also important to teach the stuff that matters to the parents, right? Absolutely. And, and to each other. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a great spot to end this uh, first episode on. What do you think? Uh, We're at about 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's good. This is, I, I, this is a really, really good conversation, Scott. Um, I mean, I like talking to you about anything anyway. Um, but I'm really glad that we're going to get to share these conversations with people and then eventually invite people on to join us and, you know, and help us navigate through what we want to, the verbal diarrhea that has been the last 30 minutes for me and you. We, we, we hope that it's been slightly eloquent and that you've gotten a laugh out of it. But thank you for those that have taken the time to join us. We'll see you on the